Before we start this episode, I would like to give 25 seconds for a moment of silence for George Floyd, starting now. All right, that was 25 seconds worth a moment of silence because he died on the 25th. Let's get into it. Yo, 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 what's good, what's good, what's good? This is your boy, Lewis S. Black, coming to you with a podcast. And on this one, this is a very serious note. For anybody that saw my last podcast and saw the description, I wanted to let y'all know that I'm not fin to ignore the elephant in the room. And something that I took from my brother Kanye West is a classic line. I don't want to say nothing wrong, but it would be wrong if I don't say something. So if you was looking for the episode where I sit up and if you've been seeing me on Facebook, you're probably thinking, well, damn, you got your own show. You're talking all that shit. You're not going to use a platform for this. If you was looking for the episode, this is the motherfucking one. Here it is. We're going to talk about George Floyd. Rest in peace. And we're going to talk about the I can't breathe movement. Like I said, rest in peace to that brother and prayers up to his family As always, by the time I get into this, you don't need me to give you a blow by blow of what happened. Just by the fact that you're clicking on this, you know what happened. He got pulled over. They accused him of forgery in the sense of, I guess, using a fake $20 bill to buy some cigarettes. Okay, that's whatever, whatever. You know, I, I, I didn't... I've actually sat up inside of a jail cell before. And I'd have been around brothers that got speeding tickets, traffic tickets, parking tickets, little tickets for doing dumb shit. And guess what? Them brothers, number one, are alive and them brothers served a few days until they sat up with the judge. Usually the judge wound up uh giving them either a further court date or just saying, here's what the fine is and here's what it is, do what you do. This is petty shit. So at the end of the day, we're not gonna sit up here and we're not gonna allow nobody to sit up here and criminalize them. Because I noticed that finally, by the time that they arrested this punk ass officer by Friday, that's when they finally decided to tell you why he got pulled over in the first case. Because there's a lot of people around this nation That for the longest time, I'm just sipping some of this water, that for the longest time didn't even know why he was pulled over in the first place. So, okay, that's what it is, but that's how they criminalize us. When they kill us, one of the first things that they do is once some convictions start coming down or once some questions start getting asked, they definitely make it a point to criminalize our brothers. Uh, that's That's not a sentence worth of death. Um, The reason being is there's a whole prison system full of actual murderers, murderers. 
that have actually killed motherfuckers. And these dudes are still sitting, whether waiting death row or whether serving a 25 years or serving a life sentence. Okay, so if murderers can get apprehended alive and stand trial alive and go to prison alive, then there's no reason that anybody that commits a petty crime cannot stand that same chance of being able to go to jail alive and being able to sit in front of that judge alive and being able to pay their fine or do their time alive and come back and still be a part of society, whether there's a stipulation on them or not. All right. This ain't Judge Dredd. You're not the judge, the jury and the executioner. But that's what these cops have done. In the case of Derek Siobhan, can't even pronounce his name or whatever. But in the case of that punk ass race soldier, what he did is he decided to become the judge, jury and the executioner. And he decided to keep his foot on that man's neck for damn near five to close to ten minutes. I think um, a lawyer that's speaking on behalf of the family, I think he said that at one point, I think he said that it's like, wow, you got uh, your foot on his neck around one point, but then around about the 836 point of the video, the brother dies. Minneapolis, shouts out to the city of Minneapolis. I don't know anything about Minneapolis besides the fact that I'm pretty sure some of the professional teams probably prefer to play there. I'd have to do my research on that, but I'm not going to waste my podcast on that. But I'm pretty sure with Minneapolis being one of the biggest cities, because I know that Minnesota has this thing called the Twin Cities, which is it's all about Minneapolis and St. Paul which are both like um, right across the river from each other. I guess they kind of got the same thing going like San Francisco and Oakland. But I just know that they're called the Twin Cities and I'm pretty sure that some professional teams play there. But point blank, it's one of the major cities, obviously. It's called Minneapolis, just like Indiana has Indianapolis. And I knew that obviously Prince was from there. And really, the last time that I heard about Minneapolis was back when our brother Prince died. Rest in peace. Let's do a song for him real quick, since we're mentioning Prince. Let's do a quick song for Prince real quick. Yes. Shouts out to that brother, Prince Rogers Nelson, better known as Prince, born on June 7th, 1958, two years before my mama, and then perished on April 21st, 2016, would be rolling in his grave if he knew that this type of fuck shit went down in his city where a cop was able to put his foot on a brother's neck and murder him on live camera with no type of remorse. I can't speak for him, but I am proud of the brothers and sisters in Minneapolis. I'm proud of the way that y'all protested and the way that y'all came together because y'all showed that it was strengths and numbers. 
The police can do a little something with you when it's 400 of y'all. When it's 400 of y'all, they can do a little something with y'all and they can scare part of y'all. But man, the people of Minneapolis, brothers and sisters, and I give props. I saw that some white folks came out. I'm not finna kiss y'all ass for that because for once, y'all are protesting for human rights. Because I know that that's what y'all about. Some of these white folks is out here with the signs saying black lives matter. And some of y'all are just taking it from the approach of all lives matter. But at least y'all are looking at the fact that this is a racial issue. And this is also a human rights issue. Because no human being, no matter race, color, creed or hump, deserves to get put through what our brother got put through. But we're not going to change the narrative. We're going to let it be known that the reason why he went through that is because his skin was the crime. His complexion was the connection. And had he been any other race, even if a foot would have been on his neck, I'm pretty sure that the moment that he would have started saying, hey, can you get up off me? I can't breathe. I guarantee you they would have got up off of him. He was already in cuffs. He was already detained. So I'm pretty sure at that point they would have just put him in the car and he would have went down to the precinct and he would have dealt with his charges. The brothers and sisters in Minneapolis wasn't having him. A lot of people are very torn about the fact that there was some looting and some rioting, but you have to realize something. You have to hit people in their pockets. You got to hit people in their pockets. And that's what they did. They caused a hundred million dollars plus worth of damage. And just on and by Thursday night, this brother got killed on Memorial Day. So this brother got killed on Monday, reportedly. But let's go to Google just to make sure that I ain't Google that I ain't goosing. Let's go to Google to make sure that I ain't goosing. That's going to be my new thing nowadays. Let's go to Google to make sure that I ain't goosing. When did George Floyd die? May 25th. All right. Let's just make sure because with my podcast, I believe in journalistic integrity. So I don't believe in putting out a piece of journalism which is part of my podcast is journalism and part of my podcast is me kicking my opinion and my thoughts so i'll never want to be inaccurate but they're saying may 25th so yes the brother literally died on memorial day so by thursday they burnt down the third precinct which is the precinct where the officer worked at now i ain't gonna lie this act was so heinous that the officer got fired and the other three officers that were with him got fired. But the reason why there was still a riot is because black people, we have gotten to the point to where that's not good enough for us. Just getting fired is not good enough for us because we know that you can get fired and rehired. Unlike us, depending on what your profession is, you can mess around and get fired from one place and get hired at another place and still work within the industry. Okay? 
Make note of that. Bobby Knight. Bobby Knight got fired from Indiana as a college coach that was putting up historical numbers, Hall of Fame numbers. But when he got fired, he got rehired over at Texas Tech as a police officer, depending on how they want to treat you and what you mean. You can get fired from one precinct and get hired at another precinct, even if it means they got to get your monkey ass out of the state because they know that everybody's looking for you. I still don't even know what's going on with Darren Wilson. I still don't even know where he's working at or what he's doing. But that's another thing. When you want to sit up here and when you support racism like that, there's other fellow racism. Let me rephrase that. There's other fellow racists that will actually, they'll put up money for you. They'll do some GoFundMes and private GoFundMes and cash apps and bills and paypals and they will make sure that you know what you ain't got to do shit for the rest of your life you proved yourself as a part of the gang we'll make sure that your rent is good (laughs) we'll make sure that you don't never go hungry and we'll make sure that your lights don't never get cut off we'll make sure that your car notes is paid we'll make sure that your kids go to college that's the name of the gang just like a gangbanger needs to put in work, just like how sometimes you gotta get jumped in to get into the game. But sometimes there's an option, or at least back in the days where, if you wanna join a gang and you don't feel like getting your ass whooped, it's like, okay, we need you to go ahead and snuff out an average mode. Or, Let's say that you're Crip. They might be like, hey, we need you to go ahead and snuff out of blood. You blood. We need you to go ahead and snuff out of Crip. You this whatever. We need you to snuff out a rival gang member. It's the same thing when it comes to the gang and the religion of white supremacy, which is if you're proving that you're down for this, we need you to do this. We need you to kill this innocent black person. It can't be a guilty black person because that's too easy. You can do that and you'll just be labeled a hero. But to be down with this gang, what we need you to do is we need you to kill an innocent, unarmed one. And we're going to show you what we're going to do. We're going to help you get off. And after that, you're a part of the gang and you show that you're down for the cause. You show that you're down to kill one of them no matter what. Because anybody, anybody, let's keep it real. Let's break it down to you. Any white dude, especially if you're in law enforcement where you're supposed to uphold the peace and you're supposed to be protecting the public, any white dude, even if he's got black friends, even if he's got a black woman laying at home getting ready to have a half black baby for him, any white dude will mess around and kill in the line of duty will kill a black man that is brandishing a weapon that is pro that is posing a threat to the public that is posing a threat to him especially 
So if any dude sits up here and puts a gun in the face of a white officer, no matter how racist or not racist he is, you're done. Okay, he's going to take you down because he does legitimately fear for his life. Okay, or if you're sitting up here and you're just on a bucking spree, you know what I'm saying? He's going to take you down because he's trying to stop you from killing innocent people. But that's not the case. And usually when that is the case, we don't trip out like that. It was a dude in L.A. I forgot the dude's name. I want to look it up. So give me a second. Let me try to look it up on the computer, y'all. L.A. Cop Shooter. Chris Dorner. Okay. Chris Dorner, they had a manhunt going on him from February 3rd, 2013 to February 12th of 2013. And um, they still don't even have a um, date of death for him. But point blank. Okay, Chris Dorner is an example of someone that was riding for the cause of he was really pissed off about the racism. He was pissed off about some of the practices and all this and that. And he was really gunning down cops. So they really had to get at him. Total the number of deaths. Five. Yeah, he killed five cops. So they had to get they had to get him down. That's an example of okay, they had to put him down. And it's kind of funny. I want everybody to notice how when they put him down, we didn't sit up here and create 18 million riots or whatever. We was like, okay, he rode for the cause, and we know why they had to put him down, and this dude basically made himself a mortar. What pisses us off is when we see unarmed civilians. They may or may not be guilty of a crime, but at the end of the day, they are unarmed. So how come they don't get the chance to come in alive the way Chris Manson did? Chris Manson. Let's look his let's look his history up. Now, since we just because we're we're talking about Chris's and Christopher's, let's look up the history of Chris Manson. Chris Manson, wow, literally old, just about as old as my grandparents and lived a few years longer than my grandparents. Chris Manson, American criminal and cult leader. In mid-1967, he formed what became known as the Manson family, a quasi-commune based in California. His followers committed a series of nine murders at four locations in July and August 1969. Dude was born in Dude was born on November 12, 1934, in Cincinnati, Ohio, and he didn't die until November 19, 2017. In Bakersfield, California. Height. Five foot two. Wow. This little short motherfucker was making some murders go down. 
and he didn't die until 2017, fall of 2017. This dude basically died right around about the time that my daughter turned two. Ain't that a motherfucker? Taken and alive. That's why black people are pissed. Because we are seeing murderers, rapists, people that are doing foul acts that are getting taken in alive and they're getting the chance to at least die in prison. I bring this man's name up, not to say that this man ain't literally spending the rest of his natural born life in jail, but guess what? He got to die and live in prison. We got brothers getting pulled over for petty shit. And they are dying on the streets. Shouts out to Eric Gardner. I think the crime he was accused of was what? Um, selling loose cigarettes. You know, you buy you, you buy a pack of cigarettes for about maybe uh seven or eight bucks, probably even more than that in New York. Cause cigarettes are hidden for around about damn near eight dollars in Texas. So Anything that they're charging in Texas, put a couple of dollars on it if you want to do New York prices. So, okay. And let that be the reason why you're selling loose cigarettes for a dollar. Maybe making a quick little $10 profit off of it. Okay, illegal, not legal, whatever, whatever. Is that the reason why Eric Gardner should have got choked out by the cops and killed? Let's talk about Alton Sterling. He's selling bootleg CDs in front of the store in Baton Rouge. That's the crime that he was accused of. But it's kind of funny how the owner of the spot even gave him permission. And even so, them cops didn't care about the artist that he was bootlegging. They don't know what rapper he was bootlegging. They could care less. They don't know who it is and they could care less about that. It's called, you know what? We have opportunity. These people that are supposed to protect and serve you, what they're doing is they're taking advantage of the opportunity to kill you. And usually that's the reason why they wind up getting lesser charges than first degree murder. Now, I've seen some people on my Facebook talking about some y'all mad because he's not getting first degree murder. You know, if you go for that, then they get found innocent and then they go, okay, all right, that's cool. All right, give them third degree, whatever, whatever. But if you can really see inside of their minds, it's damn near first degree because it's like, you know what, it's intentional. But I understand first degree really is usually premeditated. You know what I'm saying? It's thought out, it's drawn out. And that's how they're able to get away with impunity and light sentences. Because a lot of times these officers don't even know our names until they pull us over and then as soon as they find out the name boom okay now it's let me get antsy let me go ahead and pop your ass but this this george floyd case is hitting a little different not only have there been riots just in minneapolis there's been some uprisings in dc in la them brothers don't play so they've been flexing in Dallas, there's been some protests and uh, the, the Dallas police, because that's where I'm at. I'm in Dallas, Texas, and the police out here, they're really flexing their muscle 
and really trying to be preventative before anything really goes down in flames and in shame. People are tired. In Georgia, Georgia's a double doozy. Them brothers was already mad about our brother Aubrey that wound up getting taken out by them civilians and his crime was the fact that he was snooping around a house that was under construction. So some vigilantes decided to take the law into their own hand and they have been charged. So between that and then what just happened, man, I can't even be surprised that it done went down in Fulton County. They done burnt down the Arby's. They done burnt down some more shit. Let me go ahead before the podcast ends. Let me speak about the, uh, the looting and the destruction of property. I'm just one person, so say what you want to. I can give a damn. A lot of that shit that they're burning up is property. Big business. Big business. That's insured. Now, I would encourage my brothers and sisters, if you know that, you know, there's a barbershop or a nail salon or a barbecue joint or a soul food joint, and you know that you go to that spot and you know that that's owned by brothers and sisters, leave it alone. That's what I would say. If I was a quote unquote leader of black folks, I would say leave those spots alone. Because you know that's a mom and pop. You know, as a brother and as a sister, you know that it took forever in the day for them to hustle up that money to get that spot or for them to finally convince the bank to give them a loan for that spot. And if you have been to that spot and you see the employees, you know that they're employing other brothers and sisters. So I would encourage you all, leave the black businesses alone. But... As far as little corporation shit, which is what I've been seeing, like uh, Target, AutoZone, Wendy's, um, I saw an Arby's go up in flames. And then, of course, I saw the third precinct go up in flames, which is, hey, I'm proud of y'all. That was one of the most direct things that I've seen in my 37 years of living, whereas y'all actually evacuated a whole police department and shut that motherfucker down. I'm not going to get mad at y'all about that. Those are businesses that are not owned by us. They don't directly cater to us, but they will take our money if we want to spend it. So it's up to y'all. Y'all want to burn that shit down to get a point across? I'm not. My only piece is, like I said, because everything that we do, black people we have no power in this country you know what I'm saying on a economic level besides spending on a spending level we have very good spending power our spending power is incredible we buy shit from each other we buy shit from every group of people we buy from everybody literally trust me I can tell you as a brother indirectly without even trying to I found myself within the span of two weeks Spending money with literally every group of people that you can think of. So, let's not burn down our shit, but let's make it a point to where we realize what's our shit and what's not our shit. Just because it's in your neighborhood doesn't mean it's your shit, alright? That Wendy's, that Arby's, that AutoZone, not only are they in your neighborhood, these are branches. 
they're in every neighborhood. And even if it's in your neighborhood, you know that it's not owned by you and it's not catering to you. And do your research because if for some reason it's a Wendy's and a brother happens to own it or whatever, then hey, you know that you're taking away from a brother. So do your research going forward if y'all want to continue tearing up shit. But just make sure that it's not owned by us and it's not. How about this? I'm going to call it the FUBU rule. FUBU. They used to put out the jerseys and the clothing with the 05 on it. Make sure that it's not for us and make sure that it's not by us. As long as it's not for us and by us, I say do what the fuck you want to do. All right. Um, the man has been charged, but like I said, they're already going for third degree murder. Of course, the family is pushing for first degree murder. So we're going to keep our eyes on this case and we're going to see what charge eventually comes down by the time it's time to come down to trial. We need to see if this is going to be a closed trial or if this man is going to get the OJ treatment and literally get a jury of 12 people to try him. Once this man does get a jury, we're going to have to pay close attention, excuse me, to the dynamic of the of the jury. How many brothers are on there? How many sisters are on there? I'm going to tell you right now, the worst thing for his ass is you don't want to get a couple of sisters on there that got sons and oh man I'm gonna tell you his ass is grass if you get a sister on there that's an older sister that's got a son that's you know what I'm saying close to the age of George Floyd because let's look that up real quick because my podcasts are about not only journalism but it's about me kicking my opinion but it's also about education it may be somebody listening to my podcast that just may not know. Uh, wow, they're keeping his information very limited. Let me type in his age. George Floyd age. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. See, they're trying to keep his information secret. To my 59 years old living in Tampa, Florida. They talking about some football player when I type in his age. No. And it's good that we're doing this because I want y'all to see how good they are at scrubbing information. George Floyd, Minnesota, victim, age. Let's see what Wikipedia says. I'm, I'm determined to find out how old this dude was. I'm reading through this, y'all, so forget the silence. I'm just trying to simply find out how old this man is. Okay, bam. And guess what? I had to go through hell and high water, y'all. I'm just showing y'all that even with the internet at your disposal, some stuff is not going to be accessible to you. So it looks like me and him are about 10 to 11 years apart. George Floyd was 46 years old, born in Fayetteville, North Carolina. 
and raised in Houston, Texas. He attended Yates High School, where he played on the basketball and football team. He played basketball at South Florida Community College, but did not finish school. (laughs) They really wanted to make it a point to let you know that. Floyd returned to Houston, where he joined the hip-hop group Screwed Up Chick. Oh, man, I love how they just mispronounce our stuff, okay? All right, I already know. I'm not stupid. And anybody listening to this, if you're a part of my demographic, it's not screwed up chick. He he went to Houston and he became a part of the screwed up clique. That makes sense. He's around 46 years old, being a part of the screwed up clique. In 2014, Floyd moved to Minnesota. He lived in St. Louis Park and worked in nearby Minneapolis as a restaurant security guard for five years. At the time of his death, Floyd had recently lost his job due to Minnesota's stay-at-home order during the COVID-19 pandemic. Floyd was the father of two daughters, Ooh, now this part hurts. Age six, that hurts. Cause I'm up here like, wow. Even though me and him are um a decade apart, I can relate to that because mine is getting ready to be five in a few months, and 22, who remained in Houston. I wanted to read that for y'all, just so that you can know a little bit about the man. I love how they made it the point to uh, mention the part that he was a part of the screwed up clique in Houston. They love to do that. Now, that just had that just gives me more love for the brother. And it makes me, you know, what I'm saying relate to him more because I loved listening to uh, screw music. But, you know, for those that aren't hip to those that think that everybody that does rap music is some criminal or some type of thug. Uh, some type of gangster. That's the type of shit that including that in the Wikipedia article, because I went to Wikipedia, including that type of little, to me, irrelevant shit helps with the case because I ain't trying to be funny. Um, Unless you're like DJ Screw or unless you're someone like a uh, little Kiki that really blew up out the screwed up click and made it to the point to where rap music was your living. I don't need to necessarily know that you was in a screwed up click. <laughs> oh man, they talk about the math, aftermath and everything. And I'm not going to spend my podcast reading that to y'all because y'all can do that information on your own. I feel like if I need to read it to you, you don't need to be re- listening to this podcast. Because it's mainly about my opinion and my perspective and me just letting you know what I think we need to do going forward. Uh, Going forward, um, y'all can burn shit up, loot shit if y'all want to. I have no personal opinion about that. I don't give a fuck. Uh, One thing that I think that we should all do collectively, because even if you're only donating a dollar or two, we need to all figure out what his GoFundMe is. So I feel like this broadcast would not be complete if I don't find out where the GoFundMe is. And even if you're only sending a dollar or two, it's not an insult. 
Because it's... What did they say? Let's look this up real quick. What's the black population of America? Black population U.S. 42 million. 42 million of us. Alright, and I'm pretty sure that out of that 42 million, some of us are just kids, but even kids got a dollar. Usually kids got a dollar because their parents is giving them a dollar. So just realize that as a people, at any given time, if we all rise up and decide to contribute to a GoFundMe, at any given point, $42 million can be raised from the cause just from us all giving 42 million and we only comprise 12.1% of the population when they say multiracial African Americans 14% okay whatever whatever now here's what we're going to look up before the show goes off go fund me for George Floyd. All right, let's check this out. Fundraiser by Philanese Floyd. Okay, let's see what we're looking at right now. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I'm sitting up here, and basically it's gofundme.com. And then there's a slash F and then there's another slash and then it's simple. Just his name. All is one word. George G E O R G E Floyd F L O Y D. We're going to shout out a few people just about four minutes ago. Georgia Carter, she sent 20 bucks. Somebody anonymously about four minutes ago sent five. A lady named Andrea Diaz sent $10. A woman named Ellen Chang sent $20. I like that. That's just those recent four people that I sent, that I uh, showed. They're showing you that you got people from uh, different ethnicities pointing in. Good news is 4,229,264, 1 million, five raised of uh, 500 gold. Hmm. This is dope, y'all. So far, they have raised $4,229,260. So I'm pretty sure they should definitely be able to get a dope ass lawyer I think they've already hired somebody but I don't want to sit up here and speculate on who they've hired as far as the lawyer but with this type of money being raised already I know that his funeral is going to be the bomb.com and I know that um, his lawyer fees are going to be definitely taken care of so they, they, they've already and I mean the money is just coming in so they're going to be looking good as far as legal fees and everything, but I encourage everybody to keep it coming. Now that I know where it's at, I'm going to figure out a way to become a part of it so that I can donate uh, something towards the cause. And I'll figure that out on my own time. Ain't no point in me sitting up here and burning out time on 
the uh, what's the name on my own podcast. GoFundMe has a 0% platform fee for organizers and realize on the generosity of donors like you to operate our service. Uh huh. Okay, make sure that y'all be careful. Uh, GoFundMe, they do like to take certain percentages out. That's why I see that uh, some of these donations have been a little generous. Uh, their minimal is it needs to be five dollars. But just know that um, out of five dollars, if you would just send five dollars because that's how you're feeling, um, they have a tip amount. So they want to get tipped as well. Then what you can do is you can instantly just put in your email address and you can just simply put in your card number and boom, 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 boom. So whenever you can donate to that brother's uh, GoFundMe. With that said, this is another episode of the Lewis S. Black Show. Rest in peace to George Floyd. And we're out of here. You know what I'm saying? I got some real crunk music, you know what I'm saying, to play at the end of this show for the riders, the ones that are tearing shit up, the ones that are making it happen, the ones that are letting it be known that we are not going to take it. We aren't for that. But uh, if I can, I would like to dedicate something more heartfelt to at least the memory of George Floyd and respects to his family. Peace out. For anybody's wondering why there hasn't been any music on this episode, whether it was an intro or an outro or some of the things that I said I was going to do as far as playing Prince and as far as playing something cool for our brother George Floyd, that just lets you know that the powers that be control anything that you're broadcasting when you're broadcasting on their platform. Still shouts out to Anchor at the end of the day, but I'm not stupid. I know what it is. When you're speaking about something this revolutionary and you're speaking about really doing something as a black man, when you're speaking about really making some moves, they're going to try to censor your shit at all means necessary. At all means necessary. But guess what? We're going to get it by any means necessary. So this particular podcast wasn't meant for you to basically shake your ass or be entertained anyways. It's about let's address the elephant in the room. So it's all good. With that said, we'll give another 30 seconds for a rest in peace to our brother George Floyd and we'll end it. We out of here. Stay woke.